Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Tuesday, December 8th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Well, good morning everyone. I'm ready to get my day started. Don't know if you realize this, but I've been off caffeine for a while, and you can't even tell. Well, maybe you can, but... Uh... So, this will be, I believe, the final message of a series. The plumbing series. Okay, you're like, dude, can you get over the plumbing thing already? Well, I am. I'm over it. But a new bit of information came to light, and I want to share it with you, and I think it will help us all. So to recap, had a problem with the house plumbing or a smell in the house. So step one, get liquid in the traps. Stop it when it, where it's coming in. Step two, make sure you evacuate the bad air. What was step three? Oh, step three, don't caulk around things and mask a problem where you need to get to the root and get it solved. And step four, Realize that there might be some things that are hidden from you that need to be addressed and ask the Lord to help you find those things. So what is step five? That's what we're talking about today. Step five. What is it? Well, you may have wondered, well, what do we do about the hidden things? And what I'm going to tell you, see, sometimes these hidden things, they're like a little mold. I didn't have mold. This is just an example, but it's mold. You don't see it at first, and it's just under the surface or behind things. It's hidden. It's another hidden thing, and slowly but surely it grows. Guess what? As long as it's getting food or getting what it needs to survive, it will flourish. You don't even have to know it's there. You don't even have to actively feed the thing. So what do you do if you want that thing gone? And that's what we're talking about. The hidden things, you want it gone. Oh, yesterday we talked about having the Lord show us things in His Word, about how we can notice things that are hidden in our lives. They might be in plain sight, but they're, but they're hidden. We don't know that they're an issue. Or they're, they're truly hidden from our consciousness, and we may need some, some counseling help to... to you know, delve into that and um, address things. But whatever it is, it needs to be addressed. Now, how do you address it? Well, I'm not a counselor, not a professional anyway, and I'll leave some of that to them. But there is something I, I do know about. And it kind of lines up with how I'm handling our issue at our house because we believe the issue that we had is related to a dead animal in a heating vent in a certain part of the garage attic fairly confident of that now so what am I gonna do well I could just you know I can now that I know where the hidden thing is probably I'm fairly close to knowing where it is 
I've dealt with these kind of things in the past and uh, sometimes you just have to let time take its course with these things if you can't find it the thing is going to lose its ability to smell up the environment and that's what I'm doing what caused us problems is heating that area of the of the garage attic because it's a secondary room so right now we're not going to do that we're going to let that thing die out we're going to essentially starve it out kind of and now it's already dead but we're going to starve the smell so you might have hidden things in your life and I pray that the Lord reveals them to us. Things that we need to address. But you may have asked, well, what do we do once we find it? It might be that one of these things where it's so ingrained in us, we don't want to attack it, we don't want to get it out, we don't know what to do. We can pray. And, and I'll say this, if you, if you go into prayer expecting deliverance from that thing I believe that you're going to be in better shape than if you go into prayer expecting the same old same old so be expecting in your prayers but but there's an active thing that we can do we can actively starve the thing out what does that mean well in the in my situation, starving that thing out means no heat in that room. No movement of air so that we can create this bad smelling environment that affects that room and the whole entire house. So I'm going to live with some discomfort as I starve out this thing. So how do you starve it out? Well, you don't give it the fuel it needs. So what's an example? Well, I can tell you a great example. I, I got all over uh, smokers the other day and, and drinking. How about pornography? That's messing up the lives of people all around the world. It's breaking up marriages. It's causing job loss. And it's a sin against your own self. And God didn't intend for that to be the norm. And unfortunately, that's becoming kind of a norm. It's so easy to get. Well, here's the thing. If that's one of the hidden things, and, you know, we try to keep it hidden... So, what do you do? Well, I've told you in the past, I've had a few podcasts about this. Uh, one of the best things to do is get a, a accountability a, a partner. Someone that you can talk with and, and stay accountable to. But you know, the enemy has to run when we're in, the, in a state of worship. In a state of worshiping God. Let me put it that way. Because you know what pornography is? Pornography is worship. Pure and simple. We're worshiping the created thing. 
instead of the creator. And it is an addictive cycle. I get that. But the creator can help you break that addictive cycle. And part of the part of the way of doing that is this this bit of worship that I'm talking about. So he, so instead of worshiping the created thing, you worship the creator. And the enemy has to flee when you're in that kind of situation. It kind of works both ways. If you're worshiping the created thing, any kind of thought about your king and master and lord, you kind of want to dismiss, don't you? You kind of want to not be accountable at that moment. Conversely, if you are worshiping the Lord, the enemy can't get in there and, and tweak your mind and say, well, no, no, this is going to be better for you. I mean, we could try to starve out the problem. In other words, cold turkey. That doesn't work very well. I mean, it might work for some. Any kind of addictive pattern, if you try to go cold turkey, you know, maybe some people can make that work. Many people who are caught in the grip of something need help from the outside. Whether that's people and God or just God. But I can tell you firsthand, he can break that cycle. But he will be there to help you in the starving out process. So, so I'm saying starving out. You're not going to fuel the thing. You're not going to put yourself into situations where you can get pulled back into that thing. I recently saw a post on Facebook. My wife brought it to my attention. A woman who I believe now is a teacher... I'm sure I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but it, it won't really matter. I think she's been... She used to be a meth addict. I live in a town where there's a lot of that. It's a chronic problem. And I got, to, I got to meet some people that... I don't know that that was their deal, but I kind of... You can almost tell. And I, I'm praying for them as I'm talking to you. But this, this woman who's a, now a teacher, she had been an addict for I don't know how long. That's the number I don't know. And I don't know how long she's been clean, but she's been clean. I want to say like four, five, six, seven years, something like that. And I don't know if you've seen on the internet some of these memes that are out there. There's one that's pretty viral that shows the before and after pictures of people that have been affected by meth. It's sad. It's sad to see those pictures. On one hand, you've got a person that looks like they have great potential, and in the and some of the pictures are a progression, you know, like multiple mug shots through the years, because you know they're getting incarcerated at times, and you see them go from good to okay to worse to worse to worse to really bad. It's sad. All because of one hit of meth. They got the one hit and they needed to fuel that thing. 
They needed to fuel it. And you're going to tend to want to worship the thing that you need to fuel. Make no mistake, that particular drug and drugs like it, absolutely don't even play around. Don't even play around. Please promise me you won't. Fueling the hidden thing. So other addictive behaviors, if we get back to porn a minute, if you starve that out, and that's, you know, let's just make clear something here, okay? I am definitely a Christian, but sex is a gift that God gave. And he says, here you go, enjoy it in the confines of marriage. It's good for you. It brings life when it's done right. It brings death when it's done wrong. Death? Yeah. Because it's sin, and sin leads to death. Just like that first hit of meth, most of us can understand that you don't want to mess with that. Well, you don't want to mess with any of these other um, addictive behaviors because at some point they're going to become more of a controller. You know, you think you're in control when you take that first hit of whatever it is you're going to take the hit of. But watch out. It may become your master. you got to starve it out. So there might be things in your life that you need to starve out. So you are needing to not do something. It's really hard to not do something because, you know, we're made to do something. So starving out something, I'm going to tell you, the solution, the way to do it is is to not just not do it, but to do something else. And what's the something else? Well, I've given you nearly 100 podcasts so far of things you can do that don't involve that hidden thing that needs to be starved out. There is a whole world, a spiritual world, that you can tap into to a greater degree. A world where you're relying on the Lord and He is coming through for you 100% of the time. Maybe not in the way that we expect him to, but he has always got our back. That kind of life is an exciting life. But I think we opt for the the life where we find our own excitement and we kind of invite him into the corners just to say, you know, you, you can be here, just sit in the corner and, you know, I'll I'll give you a call when I need you kind of thing. That's not the way that the the life of a believer, a Christian, is supposed to be. We're supposed to be happening to the world. The world isn't supposed to be happening to us. We're the ones going out there and doing it. Remember I said that, you know, it's hard to not do something because we're kind of made to do something? Well, you better believe it. You were made to do something. And can I just say, if you've got some of these hidden things that you're doing, you weren't made to do those. 
You were made to hear my voice today and get encouraged that those things do not need to be a part of your modus operandi. Did I say that right? I'm trying to be cool, you know. Your mode of operation. They don't need to be part of your mode of operation. They need to be starved out. How you starve them out? Find something else that should be your modus operandi. And that's what we're going to do right now. Lord Jesus, you know everyone who is listening right now. And you know everyone who is dealing with certain private, hidden things. We understand kind of conceptually that we need to starve them out. We need to focus on things that bring life and not death. But some of these things are so ingrained that we need some major, major help. And we are glad that you are offering that help to us today. Lord Jesus, you know you've gone through and have been tempted in all ways that we've been tempted. And yet you came through on top. How? Because you brought the Word of God into the situation. And where the world and the enemy says things about us, we can take the Scripture and what you said about us and turn it around and say, no, no, no. You may think that that's what I need, but this is what I need. I need the Lord God Almighty. That's how you do it. So, Lord, we need help to be reminded to do these things. And right now, I break the power of the enemy in any of these shackling issues that weigh us down. And they might have done it for years. Lord, I know that you've given me authority right now to challenge the enemy. Not to a duel. The duel's been done. You've already won. The challenge is that my word outranks his word. The word of God outranks the word of our enemy. That's the challenge. That's the war. That's the battle. Lord, when those times come when we want to feed the hidden thing, help us to feed the godly thing. And we believe that as we feed the godly thing, continually, consistently, we believe by faith that those other things will lose their hold. It's like the shackles become rusty and eventually they become dust. And I just had a picture, fellow riders, of the fact that the sin that besets us, the hidden things that we do. They're like shackles, but you know what? Because of what Christ did on the cross, he broke the power of that. It's like we're sitting there with shackles on that have completely rusted through, and we're still sitting there, not knowing what to do, thinking that we're bound. We need to just take a godly step in the right direction and realize that those shackles are falling off as we move, as we move in the right direction. So Lord, as we take these steps toward you, help us to reject feeding those hidden things. 
And we'll be encouraged and we'll stay in that word and we will live in peace. And we will continue to pray for those who persecute us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. That's where I wanted to get to today. This life as a believer does not need to be like the life of an unbeliever, but just with Jesus in the corner. Now, Jesus is in the throne of your life. That means you give all of your life to him. And when the enemy rears his ugly head with thoughts that you need to rely on things that only the world can provide, you say, no, no, no. My source is from God Almighty and not the world. And I will be living victoriously each step of the way. All right? And I will see you on the flip.